What do you need to go poop for? Because I need to poop. Are you ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Hey, what's going on? Guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Are You Ready to Ramble podcast. That's staying in there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's going to stay in there. Please don't. No, too bad. Finally, anyway, I'll fucking poop people, okay? That's right, yeah. We all poop. That's very true. Some girls say they don't poop, but I mean. I'm a nurse. I poop, okay? Everyone's. We know the truth. Girls poop. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of the Are You Ready to Rumble podcast. Holy shit, my mic almost fell. Uh, so today, we got another special guest. I know the past three, four, five episodes, we've had like, I don't know how many special guests, like... A lot. All of them. But we got another special guest on the episode here. We have Kiara. Hello, hello. Who is uh, Liz's niece, one of Liz's many nieces. And also She's her favorite. My first one, though. Oh, you guys heard that? Whoever, I mean, I'm sure the other nieces that listen to this podcast, you know what it is. <laughs> you guys will better recognize. But uh, yeah, so we got her on the podcast, and then uh, we are going to talk about a more sensitive topic uh, today that's uh, near and dear to all our hearts, if you can say that. Um, but <laughs> it's mental health. That's a huge one. It is. It's a yeah. huge one. Not a lot of people, well, I mean, a lot of people talk about mental health uh, a lot. But, you know, not a lot of people know how to handle it properly mm -hmm. uh, and how to go about doing that. So that's why we have uh, Kiara here. Who was in therapy or kind of is still in therapy. Still in therapy. Um, is studying to be a psychologist. So that's cool. That's cool. She's going to be able to psychoanalyze everybody when she's done. And you guys won't even fucking know it. Yeah. You won't even fucking know. It'll just, it'll just happen. <laughs> It'll just happen. But uh yeah, so we I mean we can get into the, just a quick introduction. Like I said, it's uh Liz's niece, one of many nieces. Kiara, go ahead, say what's up to our uh twenty viewers. <laughs> well, hello. I'm Kiara. I'm a Scorpio. I'm twenty one. I okay. like long walks on the beach. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Um so this topic has is very near to my heart just because I've gone through a lot of stuff as well as anybody and I feel like it's not really talked about. Um, and our cultures. So I feel like it's a very important thing to talk about and, you know, discuss. Definitely. Especially like in like Hispanic cultures and as well as Filipino cultures, like it's not, how do you say? It's, it's brushed over. It's like, almost taboo to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, the people who go through it, they just kind of, you know, whatever, brush off my shoulders. It doesn't mean anything. I'll just power through it, which is not like a good coping method. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know much. I don't go to therapy yet, but I can only imagine it's not a good it's not a good coping method. If you don't mind walking us through uh kind of just your your life, your your what kind of brought you into how do you say it without sounding fucked up? I mean what <laughs> you didn't even know I didn't say it either. I guess I'll just say it. Why are you depressed? <laughs> <laughs> what happened in your life or you know, what what events happened that you needed to seek therapy? Um, so for me it's mostly about family life. Mm. So I grew up in a very dysfunctional household with my mom and stepdad. Um 
I don't really have a good relationship with my stepdad or biological father. So that's really done something to me. Mm. Um, I broke my hip as a teenager. So, you know, I had some bullying in junior high. Um, also had friends who were dealing with mental health and couldn't go to anybody. So I kind of filled that role as a somewhat therapist mm-hmm. as well as telling them, hey, you have you have things to live for. You have people to live for. So I think with that and other things kind of combined to just, I guess, not put me in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're like burdened with other people's... Um I don't know, misfortunes, I guess. Yeah. So I I think that also goes along with being the first child. Mm. For me personally, I was, and my mom put it as the anchor of the family. Mm. So if she was sad, I would take on, I'd take on the role as a caregiver for my siblings. If she wasn't feeling good, mm-hmm. I would also help her feel better. And the same thing with my other family members and friends. I would just, try to be there for them because i didn't have anybody right so you were more like liz and her family the caretaker of your mm-hmm. family yeah yeah and i think you know one of the things like i've noticed is that a lot of mental health does not only it has a lot to do with like everything every like little aspect in your life like where you were born and mm-hmm. like the type of family you have friends school everything yeah, it's a it's a lot of nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need more more nurturing than naturing. Does that mean <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of both? Just because of the nature of what I grew up in, mm-hmm. but also nurture being how my mom raised me. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of all know Kiata's background, so it's kind of like, yeah, we we see it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I guess. It's kind of okay. hard to tiptoe around the subject. Yeah, but well, if you don't mind, because I, the, the big, the biggest thing I think so, f- you know, with you is that you know it's it has to revolve around your parents, mm-hmm. uh, is what I can see at least from the outside looking in. If you don't mind going like through that, um, what wh- how how'd that go? Like, what is all that about? <laughs> Oof, that's that toughy. Right. Um, so with my mom, she's. What she's done, I know it was out of love Mm -hmm. and because she didn't know better. So whenever I would open up to her about my depression and my anxiety, she just tried to look the other way or try to be like, oh, well, you know, what if you prayed? What if you put in God's hands? Mm -hmm. Because that's what she grew up with, with our family being mostly religious. Mm -hmm. And so she tried to help me, but it wasn't the best way Mm. with my stepdad he we have such a complicated relationship just because again we come from different backgrounds and he's a difficult person to To get along with to to say say the least least. i do remember when kiara was little i think i remember telling me that kiara asked if she could call him dad Wow. At the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I there was a shift. There was a change at a certain point where he was no longer being that role for her. Mm, okay. So when that happened, that's when 
a lot of their issues started. But everybody saw it as it's Gera's fault that that happened. It's Gera, Gera changed that, and that's why they don't get along. And to me, I knew that it wasn't Gera's fault because mm-hmm. Gera doesn't just act towards people that way like that, like like on like a flip, mm-hmm. you know, like. If she doesn't like you, if she sees something wrong with you, there's it's a reason. Mm-hmm. She, she has good reasons. So I always knew that it wasn't Gera. It was her stepdad mm-hmm. who changed and made Gera act and treat him the way she did. Yeah, you know, and then like with that, like it a lot of the times with with parents of uh, kids who have uh, you know mental issues they don't like to put the blame on themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like this is, they don't want to deal with the fact that they know they caused it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, some parents will, you know, will come, come to, uh, come to terms with like, you know what? I'm sorry. I, you know, it was my fault. I did this to you. I apologize. But some parents are still, you know, in denial, uh, even though they know, you know, good and well that they caused, uh, some of the issues, uh, that their children are going through. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, even now, like, my mom still does that. She tries to, if the topic is brought up now that I'm older, you know, she still, she still apologizes, mm-hmm. but she still gets really defensive about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, they're, they just don't want to take accountability. Yeah, they think they, they did a really good job because it's like, well, I provided for you. I gave you a home and I gave you food. The bare minimum. Yeah. The bare minimum. Like what you're supposed to do when you bring a child into yeah. this world. Yeah, that's what your job is as a parent. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. to keep your child alive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, sure, she did. Um, and, and by no means, like, your mom is not a bad person. Oh, no. She's a, she's a great person. She's a wonderful woman. But the choices that she makes... Uh, directly correlates with what you're going through, mm-hmm. right? Like I said, like that's the the biggest part of where you are now. It stems from that. Yeah, you know. Um, but I mean, a lot of it is like parents just not taking accountability for their actions, and they just brush it off. Like it's it's your fault that you're acting like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not their fault because they they can do nothing wrong. You know, and it's crazy to think that some parents think like that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So. You've obviously gone to therapy. You've self-diagnosed yourself with like depression, anxiety, but did they officially diagnose you with those things or with anything else? Um, so when I first was meeting with my therapist, the first question had I had asked him was, are you going to give me a diagnosis? Like, are you going to say I have so-and-so and so? He said no, um, but... You know, I can tell that you do have these things. Mm-hmm. So for me, I labeled myself as having depression, anxiety, and some form of PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so going through it, even though he didn't say I had it, mm-hmm. he acknowledged it. So for me, that was rewarding enough that, hey, I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not making it up. Yeah. Are you validated? Yes. Me? Okay. Yeah. And I do remember as being Gera's, because me and Gera are just so close in age. I, I, I don't think I ever act fully like a tia. I always felt like I acted and 
treated you like we were sisters, like I was your older sister. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I always knew Kiara had, she was always sad or angry, always. <laughs> had some issues. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew, and I knew why. And I never pushed her to like open up to me or to tell me anything. I would always tell her like, hey, like, if you need somebody to talk to, if you need somebody, like, I'm here. Like, I'm always here, even though I'm not there physically with you because we lived in different states. I was like, I'm always a text, a phone call away if you ever need to talk to me. I always pushed for her to go to therapy because I knew that's what she needed in life. Mm-hmm. Because I, I knew nobody else would talk to her and validate her feelings because her feelings were were invalidated for a really long time. She had a lot of burdens. She had a lot of carry on her shoulders. With burdens, that's the word. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I said misfortunes. <laughs> um, not only with her friends, but I mean, just in the family. Like, if it wasn't my sister taking care of the kids, it was Kiara. Kiara taking care of her three younger siblings. Mm. And even whenever she moved out, which I pushed for for a long time because I knew it would be better for her to be. It sounds really bad to say because it's my sister, but better for her to be out of that environment. No, yeah, because like I said, like uh, mm-hmm. it, your environment also adds on to your, you know, depression or anxiety or where you know whatever uh, it is. Um, and from what I've heard from stories from you and from your whole family, because the majority of your mom's side, at least, is from they live in Denver City which is a small town in West Texas, mm-hmm. right? And from the stories I've heard, there's really nothing going on there except uh, drugs, alcohol, and sex, cheating. And pregnancies. And pregnancies. Yeah. Well, they all kind of coincide. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, uh, the people there, they seem happy, but, uh, you know, to put it on paper, that doesn't seem like uh, an ideal place to live in. Oh, yeah. You know? And that's, I'm sh- like I said, and that plays a lot into your... your um, you know, anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and another thing I wanted to t- touch upon, like, um, you know, you said you would go to your, you try to bring it up to your mom at a younger age and she kind of brushed it off. Like for kids who have uh, depression or not even kids, just people in general who have depression and anxiety and whatever it may be, um, they kind of need an outlet to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to like parents and they just don't want to acknowledge that their kids are going through things, so they kind of just brush it off, um, and it's it's it sucks. It sucks, and I feel like it's also dangerous just because, again, they don't have that outlet to mm-hmm. safely get it out. Because if they don't have it, if they don't have some sort of outlet, they will turn to other dangerous things such yeah. as self harming, eating disorder, mm-hmm. and sometimes suicidal ideation or actively pursuing it Mm -hmm. and so i feel like it's really important for parents to acknowledge it and to try to try to help them the best that they could yeah no doubt because as as a former child (laughs) you know (laughs) you 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 are your parents are the person you would always run to no matter Mm -hmm. what for anything whether you're happy sad you need money you need whatever blah 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 um, so like if your parents aren't, aren't acknowledging that you have some sort of mental illness, then who can you run to? Yeah. You know? And that's why, like you said, some, some people who have those uh, mental illnesses, uh, resort to things like self-harm, 
or, you know, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, I think it's it, it should light a fire under some parents, you know, butts to be like, okay, I really have to, like, this, this is real. Mm-hmm. This, the depression, anxiety, again, whatever mental illness, it's all real. Like, it's not something that you can pray away. You know, it's not something you can just brush off. And a lot of, a lot of the parents, uh, even I've heard stories from Liz, and she's telling me that sometimes, like, you know, her uh, little sister would talk about her uh, mental stability, and then she'd get feedback from her parents. or like, just find something to do. Yeah. You know, like, which is, no, that's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not, that's not a good thing to say. For my mom, she would say, like, let it go. That's her number one saying. Just let it go. It's in the past. He can't do anything about it. Oh or um, put it in God's hands. For me, personally, I'm not a religious person. Mm-hmm. So that's not something I'm comfortable doing mm-hmm. or I want to do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It just, there, I don't know. With with religion, that's another thing. Oh yeah, because we that oh that's a whole nother that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic that we can get into. But yeah, like these, like I was saying, like parents need just to acknowledge and you know find ways to kind of um, not coddle, but like um, help help their children cope with their uh, mental illnesses because mm-hmm. it's real. And if left untreated, if you're not the you know the outlet. Uh, to go to when your kids have, you know, something going on, like they have a mental breakdown or whatever it may be, then it'll resort to suicide or suicidal thoughts, tendencies. Mm -hmm. And then, and that's the last thing any parent wants to, you know, go through is a a death of a child. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like for parents, they just need to validate, like, yeah, you need that validation. Mm Mm-hmm. Parents just need to validate that their kids are going through that and getting resources for their children to get help. Because if they don't know how to help, well, then find somebody who can help. Mm-hmm. It just those it just needs to be validated, and you got to find somebody to help you as a parent understand your child better, and just have somebody there for your child for them to go to and not feel bad that your child can't come to you because sometimes it's hard to like open up to your parents and tell them how you feel Mm -hmm. and it's easier to do it with somebody who doesn't yet know you who's a stranger who has no bias Mm -hmm. um and they'll let you they they can validate your feelings they can help you through your feelings they can help you cope with those feelings Mm -hmm. and how to deal with any of those emotions that may arise and how to like I said cope with them and you know make yourself feel a little bit better which I'm sure I think yeah you probably have like coping mechanisms or something actually I use laughter which is not the best <laughs> no. therapists would not recommend no. but it's helpful um I mean it, even whenever I was younger and I would such search up things to help myself um I would find peace and just being by myself playing some music drawing reading Mm -hmm. um just trying to ground myself Mm -hmm. so i mean even to this day i still rely mostly on music being by myself reading um 
and just kind of distracting myself. Mm-hmm. If I know I'm having a bad day, I'm not like, oh, I try to push myself away from it. Mm-hmm. I try to do some housework, do whatever, mm-hmm. just to not be in that headspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are, I, I don't know, I'm not a therapist, but I would say those are some good things too. Like music for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, sometimes you hear people say like, their favorite artist, like, oh my God, you saved my life. And yeah, I mean, it's yeah. true. Like some people, like they, they will hear music and it just kind of changes their whole mindset. Like when they listen to it and they see the brighter side of mm-hmm. things, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's real. Like when people say, yeah, your music saved my life. I'm like, yeah. Funny enough, I actually told one of the guitarists to one of my favorite bands that huh. they saved my life. Yeah. I went to the concerts whenever I was like 15 and they were performing and so we got to meet them you know after the show and i'm like i'm like i know this sounds really cheesy but you guys really did save my life mm-hmm. and you could tell like that just meant an, like another world to them mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure it's really gratifying to know that oh my god you could have been you know oh yeah dead or something mm-hmm. but i'm glad you listened to our music so yeah. it's real mm-hmm. um i was gonna say too um to kind of go back on like uh, finding an outlet to talk about your mental illness. Um, a lot of the times too, I know some people I've heard stories about like some people, they don't want to, or like to talk mm-hmm. to other people because they think now they're, they are burning the other person mm-hmm. with, you know, talking about um, their depression or anxiety or whatever it may be. So that's another thing too, which is, which is kind of hard for people who deal with, you know, all these things like who, who can you run to if you feel like you're a burden? Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's, you know, another thing, too, that's kind of hard. Yeah, I mean, for me, it took me a while just because I'm that type of person. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i always, I consider myself independent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want people to take on my burdens because I feel like I can take them on myself. Mm-hmm. And so with therapy, it, it took me a little while to be like, hey, Here's my suitcase of burdens. Let me open it up Here for you. you. Here you <laughs> yeah. go. Um, so it's just, and also I think a part of that is just feeling vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Personally, I hate being vulnerable, but here I am. But I think that's a huge leap for people to get through. And sometimes they don't want to go through that because they may not feel ready or mm-hmm. it just, it's too much yeah. for them. No, no doubt. There, there are people who are uh, very, I wouldn't say prideful. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, but like they, they have these walls up, um, and you know those walls, they they conceal everything. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, those walls will also be your downfall. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, um, I'm like like you. I'm that type of person too, where I don't really like to talk uh, about my emotions. I'm I'm getting a little bit better at it now. She knows. Um, I'm getting a little bit better uh, at just letting people know what's going on. Um, but at the same time, like, uh, it's something I can do with myself. Uh, but I, I really need to tell someone how I'm feeling just so I can, like, I don't know, get some validation or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, just the other day, I was texting her about uh, this apartment that we're in right now. We're trying to get out of the lease. Um, oh, no, we we. We are getting out of the lease. Wait, there's a whole lot of stuff before that, you know, that was going through my mind. I was so stressed out. I was like anxious. I'm like, oh my God, how are we going to do this? How can we afford to even move out and get into this new place? So I was like, I got to tell her, like, I'm really stressed out. I'm really anxious about this. And I think that's, you know, that's a good thing to do is 
find someone that you can be vulnerable with or mm-hmm. you that you trust and let them know hey can i just talk to you uh, i just need to talk to someone and let you know let them know how i'm feeling i just need to get this out mm-hmm. so i think that's for me i that's i think that's a good thing to do is just let it out somehow some way or just talk it talk it through with somebody you know? yeah definitely mm-hmm. yep but it's at least for me it's hard to talk about emotions because i just grew up with not sharing my emotions mm. and just keeping it to myself and like just figuring it out just like shove it down and f- figure it out just yeah. figure your shit out and then until like i just i always say until i started nursing school and start until i started nursing because i think that was just like the trigger for me to like get all these emotions out when i really started feeling like when I really knew what depression and anxiety was and that's when I felt it. And Wilson has been that person where I can go to because he validates it and he listens. But even, (laughs) but even then I still don't, I'm a very, I'm a very emotional person, but I'm not vulnerable. Vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So that's been hard being vulnerable because I don't like being vulnerable vulnerable mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> uh voldemort i don't like being voldemort no, who does? Who does? um i don't like being vulnerable and to me I, I i don't know why but to me it's like weakness yeah i mean that's what a lot of people this can tie, tie into therapy or if you do therapy then people will think you're weak that you're too soft and mm-hmm. i know that whenever i told my grandparents they had they they didn't verbalize it, but you could tell. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like I'm more fragile. Mm-hmm. Or even with my mom, mm-hmm. she would be like, oh, well, you know, you're more emotional now. And it's like, I'm not more emotional. I'm just, I'm, I feel safe expressing what I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I, didn't, I just never understood that, like that stigma of being weak mm-hmm. uh, if you go to therapy. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's not healthy to bottle all the those emotions in. Yeah. If anything, it makes you stronger because it's to let somebody in to all your thoughts, mm-hmm. all your emotions, mm-hmm. those thoughts that you don't want anybody to know. It's it's a struggle to let people know those things and to actually let them in. It's so it's I don't see it as weakness when people go to therapies. I see it as a strength because it's like it's definitely yeah. empowering. Oh yeah. yeah, especially when you you know you built up enough courage to go and actually recognize that mm-hmm. I need help. You know, it's very empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I sorry, I touched, I touched this topic with my therapist. Shout out to him, and um, shout out to Kiara's therapist. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> and so, whenever I told them that you know my family, that I felt like they were kind of judging me. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, why do you say that? And I told him how I felt. And then he's like, well, do you think being in therapy makes you weaker? I'm like, no, because I'm being vulnerable and that's one of my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So it does make you a stronger person. Not that you aren't strong by yourself, Mm -hmm. but seeking help is probably one of the strongest things you can do. Mm -hmm. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. If you have the means to, not everyone can afford therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I guess, one of the downsides to why some people don't 
do therapy because I mean, like any other medical necessity, mm-hmm. it's expensive. Yeah. But if you can afford it, definitely do it. Yeah. Um, like for me right now, I. I'm at the point where I can't afford therapy, mm-hmm. but um, my therapist, he has another site, another place where he can do therapy, but without charging people because mm-hmm. that's him as a person. He enjoys helping people rather than getting that money. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful for that. That's a good human being. Yeah. yeah. But shout out to BetterHelp, though. That's who's going to trust. I was going to say, though, um, when Gana first moved to Arizona, this was after she had a, this girl had a rough senior year in high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially the last month of her senior year was rough. She came to us and she was fresh off of getting out of the hospital because she was in like severe dehydration and. I don't know what happened. She got sick one day and it just went downhill from there. Well, it's been good. It was going downhill. It's like going on a roller coaster and just continually going down. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, when it, when, where's the turns? Where's the up? Yeah. So. yeah. so when we got her, I mean, like, she was stick. I mean, get us skinny, but she was unhealthy stick skinny because she wasn't eating. Her body just wouldn't hold down anything, not even water. Um, so when she got like, when she recovered from that, she moved to Arizona and I really pushed for her to go to therapy. I was like, I I was like, I can help you, but like, not like a therapist. And I want to say like, like, uh, six, eight months in like her whole 180. Yeah. She was like lively and. She just felt better and she would, I mean, when she was in Arizona, she would always interact way more. I've always mm-hmm. felt like being in Arizona was like her safe place. Oh, yeah. So I just, with the therapy and like having, like she, I think you went to therapy weekly, right? Like you had therapy oh, yeah. weekly. Mm-hmm. And like I could definitely see the change and mm-hmm. like other people saw the change too, which I was glad. And she was able to like confront her mom about a lot of things. I mean, they, di- they didn't end up always good. I mean, it never does when you yeah. confront your parents. Oh, yeah. Because like I said, the parents don't want to take accountability for shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I definitely saw the change, and I was really grateful that Yada did listen to me, and she got some help. She found her therapist that was really good and mm-hmm. really helped her out because, my gosh, like two years ago, this is not the same Kiara. No. Oh, no. No, yeah. Two years ago, I was I a totally different person. Mm-hmm. Throughout high school, I was just so extremely depressed that I don't remember it. it I literally felt yeah, like I was wild. trapped in my body and just looking outside. Mm. During my senior year, I felt like I was insane because I couldn't feel anything. I was numb to mm. completely everything. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I I honestly did not care if I lived or died. Wow. And so whenever the whole the whole weird getting sick part happened, I started going down even more. And that's when my mom was like, Hey, would you like to see somebody? But it was would you like to see somebody? 
or would you like to get help from a doctor? And to me, it was a no-brainer. Like, yeah. of course, I'm going to go to the doctor. Like, I feel like like crap. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's crazy that I have to get to that point yeah. for her to be like, oh, you know what? Something's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, know? I feel like your mom always knew there was something. She just always thought you were angry. Yeah. She, in her words, I have always been antisocial, which is not true. Mm-hmm. I'm very introverted mm-hmm. as well as shy, mm-hmm. but I like being around people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that kind of just goes back into parents not acknowledging what's going on with their children because yeah. they don't want to be accountable for what they do mm-hmm. or what they did. Well, I think it's also because, I mean, the way we grew up, nobody ever talked about being depressed or having anxiety. Yeah. Until it was too late. Yeah. yeah. And that it shouldn't, it shouldn't have to get to that point is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, that's one thing I do want to touch upon, too, is that, like... And I think I we talked about this in a previous podcast is that like, yes, you are raised a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And you are a product of your environment, but you are your own person. Mm-hmm. And it only takes one person to break the molds for other people to start following or start recognizing, like, you know what? I shouldn't have to hold all these emotions and I have to get them out somehow because this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, in Kiara's case, you know, she was bottling all, you know, a lot of emotions in because she couldn't, she didn't have a, a good outlet. And so it led her down, uh, you know, a very dark slope, very dark hill. And it mm-hmm. had to get to the point where she was, I mean, I don't know the severity of your sickness, but I can't imagine that, you know, you were, you were closer to death than you were to life. Yeah. Like whenever, I think during the time when Liz was really pushing me, to go to therapy it was one of the scariest moments of my life Mm -hmm. because i thought of dying every single day i did not trust myself to drive and i would make very dark suicidal jokes (laughs) like it like even like liz and her little sister were like whoa like calm down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it really, it took a lot for me to get to that point. And I'm really glad that she told me, hey, you need to get some help. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because even when she was really sick, like, her mom would text me like, hey, can you talk to Giada or something? Like, and I was like, I can talk to her, but it's not me talking to her. It's her talking to me, willing to open up to me and tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. I was like, because you can only do so I can much. only do so much. You know? um, and I always told her, I was like, hey, like, if you need help, like, tell me, find somebody to talk to. Because I, I, I didn't know the severity of it when she would tell me. But I always, like I said, I always knew that I had depression. I always knew there was something, some mental health thing going on with her because she was, I mean, she was always like that. Like, like Yana growing up, she was, when she was little, she was always angry. Mm-hmm. Always angry. Yeah. Yeah. I she was an angry that. little girl. <laughs> and then, you know, there was a time where she wasn't like that. And then uh, certain things happened in her life that, well, they just made her be sad and yeah yeah, have depression and anxiety it just snowballed and it yeah yeah, and it literally snowballed from there until until finally i think your body just 
physically finally reacted to everything going on I in your head. I honestly want to be surprised. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if it is, you know, going, it's your mental health affects mm-hmm. your whole body. Oh, you know? yeah. You know, and some people just be like, oh, it's all in your, your brain is just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's out of whack. Like, no, it's, yeah, I mean, but it's my whole body. It's affecting everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're depressed, you don't want to do anything. You're kind of oh, yeah. just letting yourself go. You're sitting down, you're doing, you know, you're watching TV all day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's or you're sleeping you're or you're sleeping. not eating yeah and it, that's one thing too with that's you know scary about depression is it can take a lot of forms and you oh, won't yeah. even know mm-hmm. you know like even if you're like eating a, eating a lot like binge eating that's mm-hmm. that could be considered depression watching tv excessively just sitting on the couch all day depression yeah you know that's that's scary yeah so like whenever i was younger when like i would compare my what i was experiencing to my friends Mm -hmm. because one of my friends she was textbook she had depression and so i would secretly compare what i felt to her i'm like oh no i can't be depressed Mm because my friend she would sleep all day she wouldn't eat you know textbook stuff Mm -hmm. and for me i was a more high functioning depression Mm -hmm. but meaning that i can function I can do stuff regularly, but there are some things that I neglect mm-hmm. in myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, you just, you never know, mm-hmm. you know. Like I said, that's what's scary about depression is you never know who's going through it because some people will smile through depression. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you, are you, are you, you look happy, but I don't know. You know, that's, that's, it's hard. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary for sure. Um. And I do want to ask, and then you can go, you can, you can say no to it, mm-hmm. but, uh, in your life where was there anything that really just put you in a slump, Liz, like you were just like, oh my God, why, why is this happening to me of all people? You know why? And then you just felt so like you couldn't do anything. It just put you in a, a deep depression. Um, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got bullied as a kid for my weight, so mm-hmm. I think that, but, like, nothing, nothing to put me in a, like, legit textbook depression, like, I would just go about my day. I just felt really sad, or I just wouldn't talk, but I'm also very, well, I'm also, like, yeah, like, I like my alone time. I like to be doing what I want to do on my own terms. And yeah, I like, I don't think I've ever had that like big thing to make me go into a slope like that. Mm-hmm. Have you? And yeah. At one point in my life, it was, it started in middle school and my lie, you know, this, I had an emo face, but I think, my emo phase was just for aesthetics because I wasn't your your uh, run of the mill emo. Like my <laughs> my clothes weren't. Too, I never had tight jeans because I was fat, right? <laughs> my jeans weren't tight. I wasn't wearing um, you know any banties at the time. I I had the bangs though. Oh, you sure did. I had the bangs that covered my eyes. I used to ugh, flip my hair all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I was wearing like street clothes, like bag. I had a, a pair of like Nike SB Dunks and you know, baggy jeans, baggy shirt, but I had the, I had the bangs. 
Mm-hmm. I know listen to all the but anyway, <laughs> before I ramble on. Um, but there was definitely a point in my life and I feel like this is kind of typical for Asian kids or Asian American kids is like, you know, your parents they put a lot of pressure on you to um become something that's beyond even beyond their expectations you know and you for a lot of asian americans uh kids they had to uh, they feel the weight of that on their shoulders and for me at the time it was with my academics like once i got to middle school i was just i'm a lazy person is what it is but um my grades were you know, I had D's and F's and stuff, and I would always get, like, I'd have to bring my report card home to my parents, and I'd have to show it to them, because they'd always ask me. I couldn't hide it, because they just knew when report cards were coming out. Well, I think, well, at least for us, we had to get them signed. Mm. Yeah, not me, but they knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, like, they would always ask for my report card. I'm like, oh, okay, here you go. And then, you know, they take a look at it, and, like, just the look of disappointment is, they didn't even have to say anything to me. Just the look of disappointment is like, oh fuck you know and then they would scold me for they would even um you know put hands on me because that's just how asian parents were at the time um you know and it's like it's it was like fuck what am i doing like am i like a failure am i a disappointment to my family because i'm getting d's and f's like i'm not a bad person you know i'm a good kid i don't i don't you know do drugs i don't drink i don't steal i'm like maybe i stole a few things at that time (laughs) but um you know, I, I was like, well, I was questioning myself a lot. Like, why are my parents like this to me? Why are they screwing at me? These are just grades. Mm-hmm. You know, these are just letters on paper. Um, so that really kind of put me in a depression. I'm like, oh my God, I, why, why am I even here? You know, mm-hmm. why am I even alive if my parents are going to beat me or not beat me? Or if they're going <laughs> to scold me and, you know, scream at me just for getting bad grades? Like, I feel like uh, I, I'm a burden to them just being here so and it's crazy like for thinking back now like a kid in middle school who was like you know at at my age i was like you know 13 14 years old i was thinking about killing myself Mm -hmm. just for some letter grades you know and it's crazy but from there it 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 got bad because it got to the point where i actually did um self-harm because i was just so depressed and I didn't know how to talk to my parents about it I just I didn't know what I could do I mean the simple thing to do looking back at now in retrospect was just to do my homework right to get better grades so my parents would not scold me anymore but I was like I don't know at at 14 15 you know your parents are scolding you just because you got an f in math or something and you know they're they would they would say things like oh you're 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 not gonna amount to anything in your life you know you're you're like you're you're dumb um and they would they wouldn't say that to me directly but they would hint at it like dude you're not doing anything you're getting f's in school it's like you're you're dumb you know you're you're not gonna do anything with your life so to me hearing that from my parents it's like oh my god this is crazy Mm -hmm. and so uh, i did result to self-harm and i started um you know cutting my uh, my forearm, not deep because I was a pussy, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I resulted to self harm, but not to the point where I was like, ah, maybe, maybe not so deep, but mm-hmm. definitely like, um, I I had this uh little piece of Velcro on one of the shoes I used to wear, and I used to take the rough end, mm-hmm. uh, where the Velcro would stick, and I would just 
you know, burn oh my, my skin. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's crazy to think about. Like, that's what I would do mm-hmm. at that age. But yeah, I, I, from there, it, it got a little bit better um, once I got to high school because I started getting a little bit better at my academics. I was still failing some classes, <laughs> but um, it wasn't as bad because at, at, at that point when I got into my, I want to say, sophomore junior year um i started to realize what was going on with me and yeah i searched online and videos about like what to do for you know depression and stuff like that and you know i got i got a little help and i kind of talked myself through it um which is not always the best thing to do but it got me to where i am now you know i mean i I could have ended my life easily, you know, a lot of times. Even like you, like you said, you'd be like, you know, driving and you make, ooh, what if I just, ooh, right off the... Oh, I do that. Right off the highway. All the time. But a lot of the times, <laughs> you know, um, I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I could just do this right now. And I could just end it right here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. know, it, it's well, in crazy. that sense, I have had those those thoughts. Like, oh, what if I just... Yeah wasn't alive anymore yeah but i mean if i if i had that freedom at in middle school if i was driving or if i could i like i said i could have ended it at any time if Mm -hmm. i really wanted to i could have just done it but um one of the things too that i i guess it's there's a little some speculation around it if like if and this is a sensitive topic too but you know is suicide um is it selfish, mm. you know? So I saw this video on TikTok where this girl said suicide isn't selfish. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested in that because my entire life I've heard suicide is selfish. Yeah. That you're going to go to hell for killing yourself. And so I listened to it and she basically said that it is she thinks it's not selfish just because you as a person who is going through so much hardship are keeping yourself alive for other people. Mm-hmm. So why would you be, why would you keep yourself alive and in pain? Like yeah. for me, whenever I talk to my therapist about the topic of selfishness, he said that being selfish is hurting others for your benefit. Mm. And so if that's the definition, then suicide is and isn't Mm -hmm. because you are hurting people because you died Mm -hmm. and people love you, but you are also ending your own pain and not continuing on to do more bad things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, that's one of those things too where you kind of just teeter totter on the thought of it like oh like yes like i'm not going to be in pain anymore but on the other hand like for me um my kind of way of justifying not ending my own life was thinking about you know the people that i would be leaving behind mm-hmm. you know and that's that's one of the biggest things yeah um at one point i was man you know that close to it you know for the people we don't film this but it was very close (laughs) you know but you know at the time um my brother was probably around like two or three years old um and i you know i just to to think about you know 
leaving my brother alone mm-hmm. and have like not not anyone to grow up with or look up to is like i can't do that to him you yeah. know that's going to be rough for him growing up knowing that oh yeah your older brother he killed himself because he couldn't take it anymore yeah that you was a, that was actually one of my biggest reasons to keep living mm-hmm. even though i didn't want to because mm-hmm. i my siblings as much as they don't know i love them to death oh, yeah. like and they were my main driving like force because mm-hmm. every single time i thought about ending it i thought back to them and i'm like wait they what if they become like me what if things get worse in the household and i'm not there to help them to mm-hmm. protect them mm-hmm. who's going to be there for them right and so my siblings are always like a driving force for me to keep living even though it was hard and painful mm-hmm and I guess that kind of kind of goes back into what you were saying. Like, you kind of teeter-totter mm-hmm. between the two. Like, you're staying alive, you, but you're in pain. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's a really, <laughs> really... Uh, it's very debatable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but that, that's definitely one of the things um, that I kind of... I'm, I'm better now. I don't have those, you know, those thoughts anymore. I'm happy in my life but i I could be happier Mm. financially (laughs) i'm sure the both of us could be yeah yeah i mean like you know there uh now you know like i said before it's if you can afford the therapy i think you should do it do it 10 out of 10 i'd recommend yeah for sure especially if you know you you don't have anyone to really talk to and like liz was saying you kind of need that kind of that person from an outsider's perspective that's non-biased that can just take take in all your emotion and validate it Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. i think that's definitely something i mean i've thought about it i'm still thinking about it too but i'm kind of in a bind financially Mm -hmm. but whatever (laughs) i think i i would have liked that option to like talk to somebody especially when i was younger i feel like uh, middle school and high school i did have depression mm-hmm. i wouldn't say i have it as much now but i do remember being like sad a lot mm-hmm. in middle school and high school and i think it's just because like i mean i've talked about this a lot on the podcast like i'm overweight i've been overweight my whole life i always got bullied for it um i feel like a lot of my like, I always wanted to be in a relationship when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I was always okay not being in a relationship, but I always, like, felt like because of my weight, I could, I never was in a relationship, which then I would then be like, what's well, my fault? I made myself like this because at home, that's what I would get. It's your fault. You're like this because you eat like this because you eat this much. You're eating this. And it's like, it all came back to me. So I always felt sad that like I was overweight, I would get bullied and I would always get bullied by boy like by boys. And I would just be like, "Well, it's my fault. Like I kind of deserve it. It's my fault." Mm-hmm. And now I just think back like it, it wasn't my fault, you know? Like mm-hmm. I it could have been resolved better. I could have like I could have gone and talked to somebody about it, but I didn't know. Like I remember in middle school there was counselors, but I didn't know what they were for. <laughs> you were academic counselors. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, well, I didn't think you can go and talk to somebody about these mm-hmm. issues, you know, and, and I just thought they were silly issues. Like, oh, I just, I'm sad because I'm 
overweight and people are bullying me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's just hard. And then living in the household that I lived in, I know my parents loved me, but I mean, it didn't help with their comments or saying that they were going to lock the refrigerator, the pantry. So I wouldn't eat. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. yeah it's, it, and it's like to them, it's like, it's a, a harmless joke mm-hmm. or whatever. And it, yeah, it's like, it's crazy to think that because like, why would it's it's to them it's harmless and it's like a a joke to them but to the people they're saying it to to the children they they really take it to heart you know what i mean yeah they do i kind of want to piggyback off of that and like my mom she used to tell she used to tell me my brother that if you can't see your toes past your stomach or if you can't see your pubic area past your stomach then that's you know, there's something that you need to work on. Mm-hmm. And for me, I grew up with the impression that I sh- I shouldn't end up being overweight because that's how my mom grew up. Mm-hmm. And so that caused a lot of disordered eating, not mm. to say. So, yeah, it can be very harmful. Disordered eating, body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Which I think our parents is just coming from a good place but just not delivering it in the proper way no for sure yeah i mean like their heart's in the right place they just don't know how to come at it yeah Yeah. you know and it's 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 it sucks because they mean well but they just they don't know how to say it without um like hurting you Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i guess to them like i said they, they they would kind of sugarcoat it to make it seem like it's not as harsh but it comes out just as bad as if they were to just say it straight up yeah yeah you know and and that's then that's crazy yeah and i try to like not be that way with the kids because like every now and then they'll say that like though they're fat or something or they need to lose weight and i'm like no you guys don't you guys like you're don't pick out your bodies that way because it's not healthy and you know, I want them to be happy and the way that they are, the way that they look. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, I am trying to break that, that cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mold. Um, but it is hard because, I mean, if you're thin, you get gratified. And if you're not, well, then you don't get gratified. I mean, when I was at my skinniest, I mean, I got a lot of compliments and every like, people would i don't know like the whole demeanor was different when i was thinner Mm -hmm. oh as when i was bigger even now it's like like they i get the oh you're so pretty but like if you lost weight like you basically be prettier that's 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 so fucked up to say that Mm -hmm. um for me though i'm kind of i wasn't really how you say like i wasn't too concerned about my weight i mean i was still a little self-conscious about it because I, I mean i've always i've always been fat for as long as i knew it besides when i was i was like a baby or something mm-hmm. i think even at that i was still pretty fat but like um at first it, it was kind of hard on me um same thing coming from my parents like i said with filipino parents they they will you know make fun of you for being overweight but then call you out if you're not eating enough so like i said like damned if you do damn sure you don't uh, damned if you don't, but over time, I just kind of grew like a thick skin to it, and I, I, it, not saying that it's a good t- a good thing to, um, 
you know, kind of look past your weight and grow thick skin and just like, you know, block out the haters and stuff. Cause obviously, you know, with your weight, it detrimental to your health. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're overweight, you're not going to be as healthy, but that's just, you know, me. Um, but I, I've never really been too self-conscious about my weight. And even if, um, my weight was made fun of, <laughs> it's crazy. Cause it's not a good coping method too, but it was, I would also make fun of my weight with people. my weight so there's a lot of self-deprecation that went on with me and like how you were saying like you would use uh laughter humor as um, a coping method uh you know same thing for me there's a lot of Mm -hmm. self-deprecation um i mean it got me through some tough times because i me like a lot of people like to laugh and the easiest form of laughter was to make fun of myself. Yeah, self-deprecation, I feel, is like something we all do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To cope. Yeah. Which is not healthy, because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yara and I have made some pretty uh, dark jokes about self-harm. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Again, my therapist would not recommend. <laughs> yeah. They're funny, though. They're very funny. <laughs> but not healthy. But not okay. No, let's just very not healthy. Not, not healthy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just mental health in general. It's just it's a lot to mm-hmm. to go through. It's a lot mm-hmm. to unpack. And like I said, if you can afford, excuse me, if you can afford the therapy or you have someone to talk to uh, about it, then please do so. Yeah, you know, it's get rough. help. Accept the help. If you need to go on medications, there's no shame in the med game. How <laughs> Pete Davidson said. Yeah. yeah I, no shame in the med game. Sometimes you need it, you know. Sometimes therapy helps, but, you know, you need medications to help you along even more. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. There's, I don't like that there's a stigma. And I think there's a stigma because we always put mental health as, like, like, you need to go to the loony bin, like a mental health institution. Yeah, like an asylum or something. Yeah. Because I think that's what, I think that's why when people think of mental health, they think of an asylum. They think mm-hmm. of the worst cases. Yeah. And it's not yeah. always, that's not like always Like where you have, like, schizophrenia or stuff, like, yeah. you know, like, which is all, that's mental health too, but that's different from, I feel like. That's like the, the most severe cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in most day-to-day people have depression, anxiety. Yeah. You know, all the, and there's all sorts of anxiety, all sorts of depression. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people just have like mild depression, mild anxiety, mm-hmm. where some people have like severe, severe anxiety, um, chronic depression. And that's when you really need to seek out that help because, I mean, obviously it's gotten to the point where, you know, not even, you can't even get yourself up from mm-hmm. bed or doing whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, definitely think that mental health needs to be it, it, it shouldn't be, more, be a taboo thing. The spotlight yeah. yeah yeah definitely and i feel like over the years it has been like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who talk about their mental health mm-hmm. but we always do have that generation that's still doesn't believe in it or it's wants to accept it generation. it's and it's oh, mostly yeah. the older generation mm-hmm. too um, I know before we talked about religion, and you know what? Like, religion may not help for everybody, but maybe some people it does. It, mm-hmm. it does help with them. Yeah. Um, but it just you just have to find what works for you, 
and hopefully what works for you is healthy for yourself and others around you because mm-hmm. we obviously don't want anybody to cope in a way where it's dangerous to themselves or to others self-deprecation is not healthy <laughs> it is not <laughs> um one thing i do want to touch upon too like like we were saying like it, you know mental health should be brought into more of the spotlight and i think it like you said it has been and i think um it more so it has been uh after robin williams died because mm-hmm. uh, we, we all know robin williams to be like this really happy guy um mm-hmm. and he's always laughing telling jokes and stuff but and like going back on what i was saying about depression is that depression takes all forms and it's really scary because you don't know what or who's going through depression you know case in point robin williams mm-hmm. cuz like i said we all thought he was he was fine mm-hmm. he he's happy telling jokes and then all of a sudden you know boom we hear the news he's dead he's gone it's the same with uh, the lead singer of lincoln park lincoln park oh, yeah. you know anthony bourdain is one mm-hmm. of them that mm-hmm. that was crazy to me cuz i mean now i don't know if are you guys like i would always watch his shows uh, no reservations on the travel channel and like this i was thinking this guy's like really cool he must be really happy with his life he's traveling all over the world he's eating mm-hmm. different foods i mean who wouldn't want to do that yeah. mm-hmm. and then you know you you come you know a uh, random day you hear oh you find oh anthony bourdain found dead in his hotel and be like oh, holy shit what are you talking about mm-hmm. you know that's crazy yeah and I, I feel like a lot of people it's like that for mm-hmm. me i know that i felt like oh well i have ABCD, so mm-hmm. I shouldn't feel like this. Yeah, I have everything in the world. In in school, I got A's and B's. I was in the National Honor Society. I had a mom that supported me. You know, I had everything, but I didn't understand why I felt like this. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a lot of people. And if I'm not mistaken, um, a lot. Not a lot, but I mean, like, mental illness has to do with, like, a, a chemical imbalance mm-hmm. in your brain. And that's, I think, that's something, too, that uh, even the older generations just tend to just, it goes over their head because they don't believe in science. <laughs> you know, for most older generations, they believe in the Lord and they don't believe in science. <laughs> um, and that's that's one of the things, too. It's like, it, it's not. Because it's not I'm not crazy mm-hmm. there's something going on in my head you know there's an imbalance I can't explain why I'm feeling like this like I I can read about it I know what's causing it but I you know it it's I don't know what to do about it yeah I mean and sometimes in some serious cases you can feel it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like personally I felt it before I'm like whoa that's a trip yeah don't want to do that again All right so, I mean, yeah, a lot of the older generations, like, I remember talking to my grandparents one day and telling, and they, my grandma had asked me out of the blue, like, hey, are you still doing therapy? I'm like, yeah, I am. And so my grandpa's like, why? Like, you don't need it. I don't need it. And even my grandpa looked, like, even my grandma looked at him. I'm like, oh, no, you do need it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he got offended. He's like, what? What do you mean? Because, again, it goes back to the older generation thinking that, you can just solve it by either going to a family, but they ha- they have a biased opinion on you, mm-hmm. or going to the church. And again, nothing wrong with that, but I feel like you need, there's other options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad definitely 
needs therapy. There was definitely like a dark period in my parents' relationship and my dad definitely vocalized some suicidal ideations and I was just like, uh, you need to go get help. Yeah. And I think he did, but he never accepted it. He was like, those people don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, those were those walls that he put mm-hmm. up for himself and just doesn't want to yeah. be vulnerable. I mean, my dad definitely has a lot of childhood trauma that he needs mm-hmm. to like unpack. And I feel like if he did, he would be a lot better, but he doesn't want to because he just he's like, whatever. It made me tough. It made me who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's some speculation about that, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. not not to attack your father in any way. Respectable man. I love him like my own father, but there's I, for sure there's some unpacking that he should do. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. For but, sure. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here about an hour and six minutes in. But again, to reiterate, if you can afford therapy or if you have someone that you can confide in and talk to, whether it be a, a friend or even just, I don't know, some random dude off the street that's non-biased, <laughs> or per- woman, it doesn't matter, dogs, dogs love you either way mm-hmm. yeah talk it out or you know seek seek uh some sort of professional help because i mean take it from kiara she found you know professional help and she's doing better for herself now would you say is that a i would say i'm in a lot i'm in a safer and more comfortable space mm-hmm. again i can't say that i'm the happiest person on earth but yeah. i'm definitely not the person who i was a year or two ago mm-hmm so uh, yeah, if you if you can if you have the means, please do so. Yeah, for yeah. sure, it's, it's yeah. a very good investment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah, well, thanks guys for listening to another episode of the Are You Ready to Ramble podcast. Yeah, this one was a little little deeper than our usual podcast, but it's you know it's a very touchy subject. It's an important subject. Very that important oh, yeah. subject should be talked about. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Um, like I said, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll have Kiara back on more episodes if she is open to them. <laughs> um, but we'll have her back. But yeah, 